is two girls, one ghost. One ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. And that is Sabrina. We are a paranormal comedy podcast, so if you are in the right place, great. We can't wait to scare you. If you're not, uh, well, stay here anyways and just listen to us talk. What do you have to lose? You already pressed play. (laughs) I have sad news, but it's also paranormal news. What? So remember when I spoke however many episodes back about my aunt and uncle and their dog Rowan and their daughter uh-huh. Addie and then Oh no what yeah. their dog Brady who had passed away a couple of years ago. Rowan passed away <gasps> yesterday. No, poor baby. She was very she was old. She was boxers don't live that long and they have a lot of health problems. Oh, but still it's um, so sad. Yeah. Yeah, I know it was. She was collapsing and she couldn't eat and she was almost suffocating. She was coughing so hard. It was really, really horrible. So they had to take her to put her down and Addie was in school. And so they called the school um, because the school will just like keep Addie for a couple extra hours for the afternoon playtime or whatever uh, when needed. And they asked for them to keep Addie for a couple more hours while they dealt with Rowan. And so the teacher was like, sure, sure. Like, no problem. I'll just tell her she has extra playtime. So the teacher goes over when it's time for my aunt and uncle to go pick up Addie and say, Addie, you have extra playtime today. Your parents will come by in like the next hour or so. Mm -hmm. And Addie normally loves extra playtime and gets so upset when she has to leave before anyone else when other kids are still staying. She has FOMO. She totally has FOMO on the playground. (laughs) So the teacher tells her and she's like, okay. And then she just starts crying. She's bawling her eyes out. And the teacher's like, what, what? And Addie won't tell her what's happening. And then finally, she just says, like, someone was mean to her. And her teacher keeps pressing her and is like, well, what's going on? Addie blows her off, doesn't want to tell her what's going on. And then... They would just walk around the playground and they're talking together and chatting. And the teacher's trying to keep her preoccupied. And then my aunt and uncle arrive and the teacher walks up to them and says, you know, something about Addie. She's very tuned in. She's she's so intuitive. Yeah. Yeah. There's something about her. And my aunt and uncle were like, "Okay." And then Addie comes up and says, where's Rowan? Is she in the car? And Rowan is... She was old. She did not go on the car rides to go pick right. up Addie. So it was kind of a weird question. So my aunt and uncle were like, no. And Addie says, well, where's Rowan? And they say, Rowan went over the rainbow bridge. Oh. And so Addie's like, okay. She accepts that answer. And then later on that evening when they were at home, she says, you know, mom, you want to know the real reason I was crying? And my aunt says, sure. She says, Brady told me that Rowan was going over the rainbow what? bridge. <gasps> and Brady is the dog that passed away a couple of years ago that Addie has still been seeing in their right. house. And he's been waiting for Rowan. He's been waiting for Rowan. And my aunt says, Brady came to your school? And she goes, no, mom. <laughs> Brady isn't here. Oh, okay. Well, how did Brady tell you? Did he talk to you? And she goes, no, Brady's a dog. Dogs can't talk. <laughs> She's like, well, then how did he tell you? And I said, I just knew. I just know. And so he basically, Brady came and visited her and put the knowledge in her mind so that she would know in the moment that Rowan was about to be let put down. 
I mean, it's so sad, but it's also, I mean, I hope Addie is able to keep her ability. I mean, she's four now, right? So yeah, she's four. I just hope that she's able to grow up with this ability and have me too. And too, I was telling my aunt when I was speaking to her on the phone, I was like, you know, Addie was at school, but I really wonder if she would have seen if she had been in the room with you guys and with Rowan, if she would have mentioned also that Brady was there. Ooh. And it made me I'm wonder. waiting for him. Yeah. It made me wonder if Brady was in the room and was like, okay, one, two, three, four. There's only four of us here. We're missing Addie. I'll go find her and let her know. Oh, I love that. I mean, it's so sad. Losing your pet is just, it's so heartbreaking and difficult. It's a pain unlike any other. It's like losing a family member. It really is. I'm still not over the death of my dog that was five years ago, but... I know. Well, we I say this a lot yeah. about how souls are... They can travel within different creatures and animals, so you might have a traveling soul, which would mean you're extremely close to that animal. Right. And it makes it very difficult to lose them. I know. I, I really do believe there are certain animals that are like that, and I think that it can come in any form. Yeah, I agree. Too. Oh, so heartbreaking. I wonder if she'll see Ghost, Rowan, and Brady together. Maybe, maybe. I know Brady was waiting for Rowan, but Rowan also thought of Addie as her own baby. And my aunt did say that when Rowan was about to be put down, she was petting her. And and she said, don't worry, you can just let go. We're going to take care of your baby. (gasps) Oh, (laughs) that makes me think of the documentaries i've been watching which ones so i this week was just watching tons of documentaries which is awesome but i watched dear zachary the uh witness and then icarus dear zachary changed my life what is that one about it's a true crime documentary and i don't want to ruin it there's just so much to the case that like it's heartbreak after heartbreak after heartbreak. Oh, no. And you don't expect it to keep going, but it does. I don't want to ruin it, but if you want to cry for a good two days, watch it. Okay. Is it on, on uh, Netflix? It's on Amazon. Okay. And then Witness was about Kitty Genovese, which that one's on Netflix. And it was about how there were 38 witnesses who just were in like the bystander effect where they didn't say anything yes bystander effect but it was really interesting if you are a bystander don't be because once sabrina and i are in charge of the world we're sending you all to doll island (laughs) that's where you get to live if you're bystander yeah i do have to say though it's interesting because i think the case was misreported and um a lot of people actually did end up doing things but the New York Times reported that they all didn't, so no one questioned them because it's like, the New York Times said it, so it must be true. Kitty was the one that was stabbed outside of her apartment building, correct? Yep. Yeah. It turns out she actually died in one of her friend's arms. And that yeah, was never she reported. Went, she made it into the stairwell and her friend found her. Yeah. After being attacked multiple times outside, right. after screaming and other people hearing what was happening and her saying, help me, I'm being stabbed. Someone's attacking me. And the person, for anyone who doesn't know what happened, the attacker left and then came back and attacked her for a second time. And she was still bleeding in front of her apartment building. And at the time, no one had called the police yet. And so they were not on their way. 
But that's what the documentary talks about. That's not that's not true. People well, did then call the let's take up our issue with the police because I'm sorry. If you take that long to get to a I stabbing know. that the person can leave and come back and stab again. It's it's awful. It's absolutely awful. I have a problem with the whole story. Yeah, it's crazy and so sad. Just see something, say something. Or the dolls will get you. Or us as ghosts. We'll make a bucket list, a, a post-mortem bucket list. <gasps> Ooh, what would be on yours? Um... To visit all the animal shelters and to also appear at the foot of the bed of anyone who's a non-believer and to make screeching noises in the middle of the woods (laughs) and also to show up at people's houses that I don't like. And when they're washing dishes, I'll put a spoon underneath the running water and spray them. What's yours? Oh, I have so many. Appear with lots of cats, write a book from the other side, haunt as many people as I can, but like in a fun like jokey way except for those people who like don't believe i'll like do the same that you would and just show up at the end of their bed and say do you believe now <laughs> and then maybe stop by some woods because our topic is the forest am i first this week you are i have to say this topic makes me want to just curl up with a flashlight underneath my chin and like campfire right true campfire style stories i'm giddy over this topic (laughs) i was so proud of myself because i guess a while back i had found something that worked for this topic so when i went to go look in what the topic of the week was i was like oh i already picked for myself great look at you helping out your future self i'm so proud of myself i should do that more often okay so i chose daring woods or more commonly known as screaming woods The Daring Woods are located in the town of Pleckley in Kent, England, and in 1989, that town was actually listed as the the most haunted village in in Britain in the Guinness Book of Records. If it's in the Guinness Book of Records, you need to move away from that area. Or you stay there and hang with your ghosts because they had... Over 12 different ghosts, and the town itself had 1,069 people, which meant the ratio of ghosts to people was one ghost for every 89 people. (laughs) May the odds ever be in your favor. That's like a a college class. Yeah, at a big school. Not our college. We went to a small one. But like if you went to UCLA or something, you have 100 people in your class. One of them's a ghost. That was in 1989, and today there are over 40 different ghosts reported in the town and in the surrounding daring woods uh they're often referred to as the screaming woods and it's commonly advertised as a family-friendly vacation spot it's like disney but you won't be screaming because of the roller coasters they advertise it for families to go there no i just made that up sabrina sorry to all those people who just heard family vacation and packed your bags because you might want to unpack them What if I hadn't inquired about the truth behind that? I would have eventually said it's not family friendly. Sure. This is our new reality show. (laughs) That would be really fun. People in the town would hear blood curdling, ear splitting screams all through the night and all through the day. Didn't matter what time of day it was. There were screams coming from the forests and... There are a lot of wildlife. There is a lot of wildlife. There are foxes. Fox? Foxes? 
We are the hunters, you are the foxes. I don't know. <laughs> I don't listen to Taylor Swift. Me neither. Unpopular belief, but how I feel. Unpopular opinion. We all came from Africa. I, I actually told that to someone the other day. Someone was talking about just like racism and stuff. And I said, unpopular opinion. We all came from Africa. And they were like, what? No. And I was like, yeah, man, like way back in the day, we originated in Africa. And they were like, no, that can't be true. And then the very next day, National Geographic posted that exact thing <laughs> with that statistic. And I tagged everyone in it. And I said, I was right. Plus, if you're religious, the first two humans were Adam and Eve. And then we all spawned from there. So we're all related. Think about that <sighs> next time you're in bed. That's gross. Wait, one one more. What? Unpopular opinion? Remember how I did 23andMe and they told me they couldn't get my DNA and so they sent me a new yeah, tube? Yeah, you were an alien. They're having trouble getting my DNA again. Corinne, <laughs> this is not good news because... No, it's not. I really think there's something wrong with also, me. Also... I think my mom did not tell me. I'm like a... I'm like a Jesus, but with aliens. She's like immaculate conception with aliens. My first concern was like, what if... God forbidden something happens to you and they can't identify you because you don't have DNA. Or does this mean that I can I can succeed at doing the perfect crime? <gasps> can't catch me. Maybe this is your maybe <laughs> you're learning your whole life goal. Everything has led to this moment of finding out you have no DNA. I'm about to burn all my fingerprints <laughs> off, so <laughs> So Corinne won't be returning to the podcast. Uh right. Screaming Woods. Those who enter the forest have reported seeing shadow figures following them through the forest. And there are a lot of people who go into the forest and never come back. That's not good. So, like, just don't go in them? I don't know. Have you ever looked up the statistics of how many people go missing in woods annually? It's frightening. <sighs> I don't want to know. Do I? How many is it? There's. It's a lot. And everyone's like, oh, well, you know, people, like get turned around in the woods yeah. they fall down and it's hard to find them but there's a lot of a lot of instances where it might not be anything explainable it's paranormal the ghosts eat you when you go into the woods they're hungry they're so hungry feed us <laughs> <laughs> i'm hungry help feed me it's like a furby my god <laughs> the haunted furby <laughs> those things are terrifying okay so there's a lot of long history of death within the town of pluckley and in the daring wood so i'm going to tell you all about it so in the town itself of pluckley which is where the woods in the, the small town near the woods there are over 40 active spirits and they're not just like chilling wandering around ghosts who are just like minding their own business no they like are pretty violent and throw objects against the walls, follow you around, scream, and attach themselves to people. Mm, no, thank you. Yeah. Some of the spirits in just the town. So these are spirits who are more commonly seen within the town, but then also on the edge of the woods. There's a phantom monk who causes poltergeist activity, a white lady, of course. There's a monk that causes poltergeist activity. Can we pause on that sure. and the irony? Yeah. Okay. We can move on now. I just wanted a moment, moment of irony for everyone to think about that. <laughs> uh, there's the red lady who is believed to be Lady Daring of the Daring family of which the woods are named after. And she's said to be looking for her stillborn child, which is so sad. Oh, horrible. I know. There's a white dog who people have like 
physically pet and then he'll like disappear mid pet. It's like the dog in my house. Yeah. Except for black. Right? Yes. This. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a young girl who steals clothing and knocks over people's beers. Go home, girl. You're drunk. <laughs> uh, or maybe she's like, you're too drunk. Stop drinking. No one's allowed to party because I'm dead. <laughs> that makes me giggle. That's so funny. Uh, okay. So there are a lot of spirits and this is sad. So chill. <laughs> so you're telling me to stop laughing. Yeah, yeah. I'll stop laughing too. Okay. okay. There are a lot of spirits who had completed suicide in the town, um, which is it's an abnormally high number, and people believe that maybe there's something more otherworldly playing into this and causing more people to commit suicide, complete suicide. Um, there's uh, the tutor lady who had a secret love affair with the monk, and after his death, she completed suicide by making her own poisonous concoction. And I, Wait, where, I'm sorry, where is this again? It's in England? In England, yeah. It's just because the, the suicide thing reminded me of that documentary Bridge End, which is in Wales. Right. And that county, Bridge End, has so many suicides. There was one article I read that I guess like the magnetiz- magnetism in that specific area is higher than in others. And that they think maybe that contributes to the high paranormal activity. And then also, could that relate to the suicides i mean mm-hmm. i don't know but i mention the tutor lady because she is often seen with her two dogs and i so badly now that we've mentioned our post-mortem bucket list i'm adding to it that i want to walk around with multiple cats when i'm dead because at that point in my life while i'm when i'm dying i'll have a ton of cats the cat lady of new jersey <laughs> Oh, and then in the town, there's a headless horseman. So, yeah, of course. The town is haunted. So spooky. This is like Halloween town. And there's a lot of stuff that actually happened on Halloween. Are you going to talk about Uh, it? Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now. There are other ghosts in the woods, but I'll tell you about these first. There are these very mysterious massacres and deaths that have happened in the woods. And the two major ones both happened on Halloween night. On the morning of November 1st, 1948, 20 people from a neighboring town were found dead in the Daring Woods. 11 of them were children. The bodies formed a massive pile and none of them had visible wounds. And so the night before, which was Halloween, people in the town reported seeing these weird lights coming from the forest. And it was about the same time that the massacre was believed to have happened. Authorities tried to perform autopsies on the bodies, but could not for the life of them discover what the cause of death was. And over time, they basically gave up on the investigation, claiming that they all died of carbon monoxide poisoning, which reminds me of our haunted ships episode when you were talking about that one ship where they all kind of died in like paralyzed fear and they said it was carbon monoxide poisoning. Right. Mm-hmm. But but it didn't, it didn't explain the people who passed away on the deck. Right. And that's less believable than... I don't know, aliens and ghosts. To us. To us. People were concerned that maybe the police were involved with it, and that's why they were covering it up or trying to come up with any excuses for it. But there are still no answers today. And then in 1964, there was a private investigator, Robert Collins, who was trying to uncover the truth and was getting closer and thought that he, he was led to believe that there was a satanic cult operating during the time and that that the massacre was possibly a ritual that they were performing within the woods on Halloween. But his research was abrupt, abruptly halted when he was killed in a tragic car accident. 
And that's not the only mystery to have taken place on Halloween. So 50 years later, on October 31st, 1998, there were these four college students who decided to hike into the forest and they were never seen again. That could have been us. Except we, we would have been five. I'm assuming the woods are still screaming woods and still haunted. Yeah. We could do it right now and maybe that would happen. Do you, is, are you, do you want to do that? No, oh. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. Just concerned about you now that your DNA is not showing up. Now you want to <laughs> go into woods. I don't know, Corinne. Um, Wait, did I talk about that in this recording? Or yeah, this one? one. I think so. I think it was yeah. like 10 minutes ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but people in the town reported seeing strange lights of figures similar to spider webs. So kind of similar to the night in 1948. And these bodies, these four college students were never found. Authorities searched for weeks and weeks and turned up with nothing and were forced to stop the investigation. I wonder if the spider web shape is a portal. Right. Or it's even like in Stranger Things, how there's that sticky sort of gross (gasps) substance. Maybe that's what it is. And then they just enter the upside down. Right. Or aliens. I mean, there's so many possibilities. Or ghosts. More popularly seen spirits within the forest. There's one um, in the 18th century. There was a colonel who went into the forest to kill himself by hanging. And people often see a man hanging from a tree, which must be terrifying. Yeah. And then they'll also see him walking behind them in the woods. So they'll just be walking along, do-do-do, and then all of a sudden they, like, start to feel like someone's behind them. But it never really seems malicious. He seems like a very sad spirit and might possibly be asking for help. I still, like, that's so startling, though. Because I'm sure people who wander into the woods, not everyone knows that it's haunted. So what if you turn around and you see a man following you? You would run. Run as fast as you can. I mean, if you think about it, I feel like most places you don't really know if they're haunted. And then you go and maybe it is. Then you get possessed and you come home and you're like, shouldn't have gone out for pizza tonight. (laughs) Uh, There was also a highwayman in the 18th century which I didn't, I had never heard that term before, so I looked it up because I didn't want to say something stupid on the podcast. A highwayman <laughs> is someone who would typically rob people most of the time at gunpoint. So this highwayman ex- would hide behind a tree on a corner in the town and jump out at his intended victim to scare them and rob them. Eventually, the townspeople caught on to his tactics because he kept doing it from the same tree. He didn't change it up at all. So, like, kind of a dumb criminal um but i don't mean to speak ill of the dead eventually so the townspeople caught on to him they were like no no no, we need to stop this guy so they all came together and there are two versions of how this story happened and i'll tell you both of them um so in one version they all plotted to capture him and so they snuck up on him but the man was quick and started sprinting into the daring woods And the townspeople chased after him, and after a long cat and mouse, they finally caught him, dragged him deeper into the woods, nailed him to a tree, and cut his head off. That's really extreme. The other version is that same scenario. The people wanted to stop him from doing all this stuff. But this version goes that there was a group of lawmen who approached him, and they got into a sword fight. And one of the lawmen threw a sword into the highwayman, which went through the man, pinning him to the tree and killing him. So both 
that's pretty violent. Oh, yeah, and it's horrible. His screams are believed to be a large part of why the woods were given the name Screaming Woods, and apparently he screams often in the woods. What a horrible way to spend your the afterlife, but, just reliving that tragedy and that way of dying and screaming. Oh. That's only a part-time job for him because he also is known to hide behind trees and jump out to terrify passing hikers. So he's still doing the same thing in the afterlife. Find a new hobby. Yes. Okay, and then there was there's a third spirit, which is more of a residual haunting, but it adds to the screams in the town and naming the woods. So there's a man who died after falling into a clay pit at the old brickworks, which was on the edge of the woods, and his screams can now be heard through the night. But it's believed to be residual because the screams only happen from the time, like during the time period that he was believed to have fallen into the clay pit and then died. But it's just a big, you know, all these screams coming from the woods and the surrounding area, and it's like a like a choir of screams. <laughs> Not a concert I want to attend. <laughs> But yeah, there's just a lot of death that's happened in the woods, and the area is also one of the world's oldest Neolithic sites, and so people believe that that could contribute to the strange energy within the forest, and maybe it helps fuel the spiritual activity. The woods have been in existence since at least 1600 AD and appears in the Doomsday Book, which was written by William the Conqueror, so they've been around for a really long time, and... It was bought by the Woodland Trust in 1997 and has since been opened to the public, which means you can walk in there whenever you want, camp there, ghost hunt, or disappear. Great. Just what I wanted to hear. Yeah. Uh, But it's up to you. It's your choice. So if you want to disappear, you decided to do that. Um, Is it up to you, though? uh, There are a lot of people who have gone into the woods, and some of them have shared their stories. So there was a group of friends who decided to go into Daring Woods, and as they were driving there, they heard all these beautiful sounds of birds singing, yada yada, you know, nice nature. But then they parked the car and noticed that it was eerily quiet. The birds stopped singing, and it sounded like there was no wind within the woods, that everything was still. So like a dead zone? Yeah. Which reminds me of um, in the show Lost. There were, like, certain areas of the woods that would get like that until the monster came. So the girls in the group were like, ah, we're going to stay in the car. And the guys were like, we're going to go in the woods. So they did. And 20 minutes later, the girls saw the guy sprinting towards them. And behind them was this black mist chasing them. (gasps) Oh, my God. It wasn't in the shape of a human or anything, but it was just a black mist. And it was very clearly visibly chasing after them. And it chased them until they got in their car and drove out of the woods. There are also a ton of paranormal investigators who have gone into Screaming Woods and used spirit boxes to catch EVPs. And I I thought I was getting better with watching YouTube videos, Corinne, and I watched maybe two videos and was freaked out. Did you see someone posted on our Facebook, in our Facebook group, a video of some guy going into a mine and there is the scariest noise in no. deep within the mine. <gasps> I I sprinted for my bed when it went on. I left my computer in the living room. I was like, well, that's how I felt watching these because um, there was one of them where they caught so many voices. It was like, like voices of children, of men, women. There was like a child yelling, mommy. And then there were deep guttural voices that were like laughing and saying, I'm coming for you. And no, no, sorry, uh, I'm gonna go back and do that again because I'm coming for you. 
Uh, Got to give the listeners what they don't want, you know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there were other ominous messages. Things that you, like, wouldn't want to hear from dark entities. Like what? I'm here. Uh, get out. Just, like, ominous dark stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to hear anything ever anyway. So no matter what they say, I'd probably be freaked. Yeah, it was terrifying. And from what it sounds like, it kind of reminds me of other places we use, we have researched, like the Sally House, where there's so many spirits in the home that are kind of trapped by some darker entity. And that might be why these spirits keep screaming throughout the days and nights, because some darker entity is hurting them or keeping them stuck there and screaming for help from the woods. It's re- I don't know. It's scary. Yeah. I don't know either. And sad. Just, I mean, imagine like, mystery. yeah, it's such a mystery. Um, it makes me wonder too. It, are they, are they screaming for help or is there something darker there? And the screams come when that thing comes close to the other oh. spirits. It's also sad because the town has become so popular because of its hauntings and all the ghosts. And there have been some some reports of people um, vandalizing the woods, which is terrible. Yeah, that's not good. Um, and because ghost hunters and paranormal investigators constantly are flocking to the town, the townspeople just got so annoyed that in 2009, they canceled Halloween. You can't cancel Halloween. I know. And they asked the police. I know. But they asked police to help chase off all ghost hunters. And so that's what they do on Halloween. Um, so Corinne, (laughs) you want to go to, uh, Pluckley for Halloween and get chased by police officers? Heck no, but I do want to go to Nashville for Halloween. I know. I know. We really have to do it. And we can go to the Bill Witch. I know. So the townspeople chase people off on Halloween, but people still go into the woods. There are paranormal groups that will lead people into the woods to search for ghosts. And if you do decide to go, ultimately be safe, smart, and then also just be respectful to the to land to the land but also to the ghosts because you should treat ghosts the way you want to be treated. And lastly, a computer game was actually created based on the Screaming Woods and disappearances. It's called The Screaming Woods. And <laughs> the description of the game says, six film students visit the Screaming Woods to create a documentary about the mystery of the woods. Several people... Are you FaceTiming me right now? No. Is your number 908? Yeah. I'm declining that. I'm not fucking picking that up. <gasps> That's weird. Sabrina, what the fuck? <laughs> we are haunted, I swear. We're literally on the phone with each other and then on my computer. I just got a FaceTime call from Sabrina from the phone that we are currently speaking on. Moving on, moving on. Just keep calm and carry on. Just another one of our editing issues and audio and it's all technological, right? Yeah, you just happened to FaceTime me while currently using the phone you FaceTimed me from. Yeah. That's okay. (laughs) Maybe the ghost doesn't want us to play that game that I was talking about. I think, but, yeah, that's probably what it was. It was our it was our yeah. other co-host. Yes. They have a lot to say. 
So yeah, there's that game called Screaming Woods and the goal is to survive the horrors of Screaming Woods. And I think that's also a goal in life if you go into the woods. I think so too. I think that's good advice. But that is the Screaming Woods! Holy shit. (laughs) That was scary. I really enjoy, I really enjoy doing those voices. Your voices are quite horrifying. Someone actually messaged us I might have already said this on a different episode, but they messaged us and they're like, Corinne, the voices. And I was like, no, no, no. That would be Sabrina. That would be me. <laughs> Sabrina, the voices. Yes. What did you pick? Oh, what did I pick? I chose, I believe it's called Hoabachu Forest. Probably said that wrong, but whatever. It's located in the area <laughs> of Romania. Romania that was once Transylvania. So home to Dracula. <gasps> Ooh. I will suck your blood. It's not very large. In fact, you can walk around the entire perimeter of the forest in about an afternoon. And it's considered, according to BBC, to be the most haunted forest in the world. Oh it's gosh. often referred to as the Bermuda Triangle of the country. And the forest was actually named after a shepherd who mysteriously disappeared in the area alongside 200 of his sheep and locals avoid the forest trusting the legends of the darkness that lies within the woods but still despite the stories of people never returning home (laughs) after they venture into the woods there are still some people who dare to enter of course are these people foolish i wrote this like i'm like literally writing a book of campfire tales (laughs) (laughs) it does remind me it sounds like Grimm's fairy tales (laughs) my version are these people foolish or are they brave it's hard to say those who've made it out don't always come out unscathed there's lightheadedness nausea vomiting excessive thirst migraines anxiety and even burns and scratches appear on people's bodies this is a warning label from a medicine bottle Huapachu Forest may include lightheadedness, nausea, vomiting, excessive thirst, migraines, anxiety, even burns and scratches, and unknown forces. Please talk to your doctor before visiting. (laughs) But that hasn't stopped researchers from all different nationalities from coming to the woods to study the strangities. Many have captured photos and videos of the mysterious creatures, but none have an explanation for what exactly is occurring. And besides the researchers, there are plenty of people that just go to visit. And then other visitors are mediums, witches, and yogis who all go hoping to cleanse the forest of its darkness. Um, That is a big task for one person to do. It's uh, not one that they succeeded at, I don't believe. Right. Electronic devices have been known to malfunction, which we know is a common sign of paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. And often people do have paranormal experiences when they're in the forest. One group of friends had taken photos of each other inside the forest. And when they got the photos developed, they all had blurred faces and three heads. <gasps> what? Mocking the Trinity, the number three. Oh my God, that is so terrifying. EVPs have been recorded and growls and screams will come from the forest in the dead of night. And apparently these screams have been so loud that the police have actually been called to investigate. And upon investigating, the police heard whispers and saw weird Mm. shadows and they were terrified. So they left and 
soon after leaving, they had severe headaches, nausea, and burns appeared on their bodies. And they said that they don't know what was in there, but whatever was wanted to make sure that they would never return. Yeah, and something probably touched them. Ugh, gross. People who leave the forest also report that when they get back into their cars and start driving away, that rocks will just fly out of nowhere and hit the back window and shatter it. Oh my gosh, it's like stay away. Mm-hmm. Red and orange lights dance around, orbs mysteriously appear, and people will spot ghostly apparitions. Thermal detectors have actually been used inside the forest because when the orbs appear, they frequently appear in the clusters together in a group. Um, so these thermal detectors was pointed at the group of orbs, mm-hmm. and yet there was no heat being emitted from these lights. So they just are. Wind wow. sometimes speaks, and a dark black fog has moved through the forest, acting as a cloak for the spirits who wish to disguise themselves. The sound of hooves, like a horse or maybe a demon, have been heard <sighs> by people who are wandering through at night. Those and are two common things that are commonly mistaken for each other. You can either have A or you can have B. You can have a horse or you can have a demon, but you can't have both. <laughs> Uh, or maybe if the headless horseman is also in this woods maybe it's both oh i'll take a Um, horse please visitors there was one man who was actually doing like a guided tour through the woods um i don't think they're actually like official tours i think people just do them kind of locals will do them unofficially for people self-guided yeah but one man in a group just went, started going absolutely crazy, and he convinced himself that he had just met a demon. <gasps> Visitors have also reported hearing disembodied voices of females and even ghostly giggling. Oh, that is so terrifying. Green eyes will track visitors, and mysterious faces will appear in photographs that have not been seen with the naked eye at the time that the photo was taken. So and- it really sounds like a grim fairy tale like the eyes remind me of the chester cat from alice in wonderland yep it's the whole thing it's just it literally does seem and we'll get to the vegetation but it seems fairy tale like as well um but there's a lot of activity so in terms of spirits who haunt these woods there are a bunch of different spirits not all of them related one Mm -hmm. spirit who's thought to lurk around the forest is that of the infamous romanian king vlad the impaler who was the inspiration for the novel Dracula. And Vlad was a murderous king, and he would impale his victims after inviting them for lunch. (laughs) And he was eventually beheaded, and it's thought that the beheading happened within the forest. His victims, many of them Romanian peasants, were sometimes murdered in the woods as well. And people believe that their souls still remain today, and people have seen them walking around in pairs together. Which is kind of nice that they're together. That is kind of nice. I'd hope that you and I could walk together as tortured souls. But hopefully minus the tormented soul part. (laughs) Hopefully. We will be tormenting other people. No, we'll be nice. No, like in a fun, like, you don't believe in ghosts? Now you do. That kind of way. Okay. So while there are plenty of tormented souls, there's also a darker presence that is thought to be residing here as well a poltergeist and one that may be responsible for the physical abuse on visitors because people will also be hit and pushed down oh my gosh 
There's also something quite odd going on with the vegetation. The trees are oddly shaped, and even botanists have failed to provide an explanation as to why there's such unusual growth patterns amongst the trees. Many of them are in the shape of a zigzag or a spiral, and all of the ones that are in a spiral shape spiral in a clockwise direction. Oh, that's strange. There's also, there are two trees that form a heart together, and it's said that two lovers carved their names at the bottom of those trees, and that's why they grew together. (gasps) Oh! That's one nice True love. True love. And then there's also unexplained charring that will appear on the trees as if they were burned, which makes me think that there's just some demonic being walking around the forest and accidentally bumping into these trees and leaving burn marks. Which is probably the same thing that burnt the police officers. Oh, I hate that. Yeah, that's terrifying. Accidentally just walked by one. Ah. There's one particular spot where nothing grows. And what's more is that spot is almost a perfect circle. And I will say, it's not that nothing grows. It's kind of like a meadow. There's just grass and stuff. But Mm -hmm. it's almost a perfect circle. And this forest is dense and there's growth everywhere else. And samples have been taken on the land to examine the soil to figure out like why certain things aren't growing in that spot but everything comes back as normal so they have no idea why nothing is growing there but photos are taken at the spot and it captures outlines of human forms and floating shapes over the area so maybe maybe it's a home base for paranormal activity Maybe it's the resting spot for a poltergeist, or maybe it's a portal. <gasps> we love portals. We love portals. I want to find a portal so bad. But not any kind of portal. Right. Probably not this portal. Portal to Halloween Town. Many believe that this forest is a gateway into another dimension. And this might not be such a crazy idea because people have vanished from within the woods and some have entered and returned and have unexplained gaps of time missing from their memory. One Uh. such story is of a five-year-old girl who entered the woods and soon got lost. And they searched everywhere for her in this small forest, but there was no luck. And let me remind you of how small this is. This is like someone going missing in Central Park. So if... It's smaller than that, like half the size of right. Central Park, probably. I don't know the exact math, but I just looked at it on Google Maps and it doesn't look big. <laughs> so if 500 people were holding hands and they were walking in the same direction through the woods, they'd be able to cover it all in no time. But Jeez. they could not find the girl. Five years pass by since she went missing and suddenly the girl reappears from the woods. No way. Yes. <laughs> in clothes that were... It looked like she had just walked into the woods five minutes before. They weren't dirty. They weren't tattered. It was the same. And she had no recollection of being missing for five years. I wonder if she had aged. I don't know. I didn't have that information. And it's kind of like, is it a portal? Was it an alien abduction? If it's an ageless portal, sign me up. But what happens on the other side? I guess you don't know. Other people will re-enter the forest and suddenly be flushed with a bunch of new memories 
of what happened to them the last time that they were in the forest. But then as soon as they leave the forest, all their memories are gone. So it's like that feeling, you know, when you're thinking of something and you're trying to remember it and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, I got it. And then you forget it again. And you're like, no, I knew I remembered, but now I don't. It's that they remember all the things that had happened to them in the forest the last time they were in there. That's so strange. Also, how many people go back to the forest multiple times like that? I don't know. I guess if you go the first time and you tell people you went and you don't think anything happened to you, you might be like, oh, yeah, I'll go again with you. Right. Or you want to go back to remember what happened. I'm not going at all, so. (laughs) (laughs) Other reports claim that people will go missing in the forest and then months or years later, they're found dead with no harm to their bodies. Some people have spotted footsteps in the slow in the snow that suddenly stop with no disturbed markings anywhere nearby as if the person just vanished into thin air and devices have been actually set up in the forest to track anomalies and it's been found that there are a bunch of different weird things going on like radioactive emissions and magnetic anomalies anomalies and abnormal infrared emission la di da electromagnetic interference so just a bunch of stuff is going on Visitors of the forest often report the feeling of being watched, but is it the ghost watching them or something else? Because spirits are not the only oddity lurking in the forest. UFOs have been (gasps) spotted dating back to the 1960s. No way. Yes. You can Google image them. They're public. I'm doing it now. A biologist named Alexandra Sift was in the forest in the late 1960s when he spotted a bizarre disc-shaped object, so he turned the camera to the sky and he captured the UFO. Similarly, in 1968, a military technician named Emile Barnea was spotted spotted a disc-shaped object, and he captured photos. Unfortunately Whoa. for him, since he was in the military, the military was like, um, no, you can't believe in this stuff this is stupid and they fired him so he had nothing to gain from publishing these photos but i bet you he's now working for like an underground or then started working for an underground alien agency like men in black or maybe area 51 hey area 51 i know you don't tell us but we know i just want insight into those things that they keep secret from us We should do like a Spy Kids thing, me and you, and we'll go to Area 51. (laughs) We have to wear the same exact outfits, though, that they wear in the movie. So down with the little helicopter hat. Hell yeah. Okay. So other people have, while they didn't take photos of it, other people have spotted UFOs and strange lights emanating from within the forest. Aliens were also thought to be responsible for the fate of a particular tree in the area, which was ripped out by its roots and its branches were precisely cut. And part of the tree was missing too. So experts who investigated the tree had no explanation as to what could have happened or why, but some people believe that aliens took part of the tree for research. And the very last UFO recording happened in 2002 when two locals who lived on the top floor of their apartment um, were looking out their window or on their balcony or whatever, and they spotted a cigar-shaped object, and they recorded it for about 30 seconds before it disappeared into the clouds. Wow. 
So that's the UFO conspiracy theory. It's not really a conspiracy theory. It just happens. So I don't know what I'm saying. (laughs) But there's one other ghost in the forest, and it's of a bride. Legend goes that this bride and her fiancé were walking through the forest when she suddenly just stopped, and she turned around, and she walked the other direction. And it took a moment for her fiancé to realize that she wasn't they weren't walking together anymore. But when he did, he turned around to look at where she had stopped or whatever. And she was nowhere to be seen. So they sent out a what? search party and they just never found her again. <gasps> and her family put up a memorial cross in her honor. But she may still be in the forest because a bride is seen wearing a wedding dress. Well, yeah, no that's what makes a, a bride. But she's in a wedding dress and she's seemingly searching for something and she'll appear to women and she'll appear to children and smile and wave at the children, but she will avoid men. So do we think the forest took her or do we think the fiance is responsible? Oh, for sure. The fiance, right? That's what I think too. Definitely. Unless she got like somehow got possessed and like was pulled away and then killed, but most likely it was her fiance. Yeah, it seems too suspect, I think. Yeah, he or was maybe the only it's just one a there. really cruel trick of the woods to be like, you're the last person to see her alive. Awkward for you, buddy. That would pretty be pretty devastating for him because if that is the case, he really did love her and his fiance was taken from him. Right. Like right in front of his eyes and he couldn't do anything <sighs> about it. But. Guys, strange things happen in the woods, so stay stay to the paths, stay to the marked paths, stay with stay a buddy. Stay inside. Or you never stay. leave your home. <laughs> yep. Stay inside forever. But I think we have stories of people who did go into the forest. Yeah. It's pretty creepy. We have I have a story from Alex and it's actually really eerily similar to a story another listener story we've read before okay so i'll read it and then we can discuss okay this is from alex she says hello beautiful ladies i've been listening since episode three or so when you guys randomly followed me on instagram i looked at your page and whispered how do they know (laughs) it's because we don't do our social media our ghost does our social media that's yeah that's it's one responsibility yeah he it she hit whatever i don't want to assign a gender because we don't know our ghost ghost is an equal part of our podcast and has to contribute so we gave him we gave it social media uh she says i also started listening to arms kimbo they're awesome okay so now to the stories i have tons of ghost paranormal stories from me and my mom and a few other family members but the one i'll tell you today happened to me i'll start by saying that my mom and i are kind of psychic we usually know when someone is about to die and we we, and we have visions in our dreams sometimes. We also know when people are good or bad after only speaking to them for a minute or so, which is so cool. I wish I had that skill. That would really help out in a lot of scenarios. I know. It's a superpower. Okay. She says, we're also pretty open in general, probably why we have so many experiences. So my friend Christian and I both worked late until about 10 or 11 at night, and we didn't have a ton of free time during the day. So some nights he would pick me up from work and we would just hang out for a while. This was early in 2017 when we had graduated high school the summer before and he had just gotten his first car. 
Usually we would drive around, but sometimes we would drive out to a park or something and talk and work on the novels we were writing. But on this night, Christian had his camera and wanted to drive to Gravity Hill. We both knew where it was. It was not too far outside the Petaluma Ronair Park area in California where we lived at the time. I agreed, so off we went. We drove to the top of the hill, and it was about 11 p.m. when we got there. We took some photos, hung out, and when we saw it was a little bit past 1 a.m., we decided to head home because we were we still lived with our parents and thought it was reasonably respectful to be home by 1 or 2 in the morning, especially since both of our mothers worry about us. On the way down the hill, you get to this T in the road. Oh, sorry. Yeah. On the way down the hill, you get to this T in the road. One way is home, and the other is not. When we got there, something in me said, turn left. It was quiet and not really my own thought, but Christian, the driver, started to turn right. I thought he must know the way better than me because he'd been there so many times before and I had only been once or twice during the day. It's also important to know that all the roads out there are all back roads and farmland. So as we started to turn right, something in me again said, this is the wrong way. You should have gone left. Go back. But I shook it off as nothing. Stupid. I know. Something instantly fell off. It was like that part of the horror movie when the two teenagers get pick up a hitchhiker or stop at the creepy cabin for the night. You know something terrible is going to happen, but you just don't know what or when or how. But we kept driving. We started talking about some urban, urban legends, none from our area, but in doing so, we had started to kind of spook ourselves and decided to talk about something else. At first, I thought the chills up your spine feeling was because of what we were talking about, but I was wrong. Fog had rolled in. Not unusual for the area, except for the thickness of this. It was so thick we couldn't see four feet in front of the car, and it looked so dark that it seemed like the stars themselves refused to shine down on us. Soon the fog was so thick that it looked like the road was lined with fog machines. What little we could see was not familiar. The road kept getting worse and worse. It was winding and full of potholes and only big enough for one car to be on at a time. We were sure we were hopelessly lost, but we were but there was nowhere to turn around and the road was too narrow to try. With the thickening of the fog came something else. It felt like it was looming over us and around us, just this immensely dark energy that I knew was evil. I don't really know how else to describe it. But we kept driving, and it felt like it was getting closer to us, even though it already felt like it was on top of us and all around us. It was like stalking us and hiding in the fog. This was the freakiest part. Yeah. The road narrowed, tall trees on either side of us. They looked like redwoods with other other kinds mixed in. The asphalt turned to mud and dust, the forest floor stuff. There were two indentations where tires would go, but they looked relatively unused. As we got to this part of the road, the fog was instantly gone. Not a trace. But that evil felt like it sunk into the back seat. Oof. Now that we could see beyond the shoulder, I noticed there was a fence lining either side. But it was made of broken branches tied together with twine, and it was half falling over away from the road. We passed a linking road with a gate that blocked it off, but the gate was red with rust like it hadn't been used in decades. I've seen a lot of abandoned, unworking things like gates and other rusty things. I know how long it takes to get like that. It was obvious that this entire road hadn't had any maintenance in a long time. It was somehow even darker here than before. The only light we had was the headlights and my phone that I was gripping in my hand so tightly it hurt. I was terrified that this was the last place I'd ever see. It literally looked like a scene from a horror movie. The only thing missing was a murderer. We wanted to get out of there so badly, but the road just wouldn't allow it. I pressed myself into my seat as fear clenched in my stomach. My heart was beating faster than it ever had before. I could practically hear it. 
an evil that felt like it was sitting right between the two of us waiting for something. I said, turn around to Christian, but I didn't, it didn't feel like I was saying it. It felt like something was saying it for me. The thought hadn't even crossed my mind. I was too terrified. I was paying too much attention to that darkness and to the murder road we were on. I know I'm looking for a place to turn around. As soon as he said that, a voice chimed in my head. It was definitely not mine. It was the same one as before that said to turn left. It spoke clearly and firmly. Back out and do not go any further. I shouted at Christian. Oh my gosh, this Christian. is so scary. I shouted at Christian to just back out right now. And he did. He whipped that car around so fast I thought we might hit something, but we didn't. The trees weren't in the road at all. Remember that. He drove back the way we came as fast as he could in the pitch blackness. The fog rolled back in thicker than before, making it impossible not to drive slow. And that thing, that evil, evil thing still felt like it was in our backseat. It felt like it was screaming at us, trying to get us to go back. Christian is a Catholic and I'm a Mormon and he has this necklace that he wears for protection. He handed me one of them, giving up added protection to himself and made me put it on i almost instantly felt safer i mean not safe but safer than before like when a door is open and then you close it that voice rung in my head again use your gps to find your way home again that was the furthest thing from what was on my mind but i listened to it i opened google maps on my phone and typed in my address it found us for a moment a moment but then the location on my phone stopped working and it hasn't worked until this to this day wow Luckily, my parents made sure I could read a map, so I was able to navigate us out. But the moment I pulled out my phone, I noticed the clock said 1.59 a.m. But we had only been driving for 15 minutes, 20 at most. The <gasps> latest it could possibly be was 1.25 or 1.30, and yet the this clock is, tick. Yeah. This is just like those girls that road tripped up to Chicago from, like, Texas, and they Exactly. Got, they drove for 20 minutes, but it lost, like, three hours. Uh-huh. In the Mark Twain National Forest. I think that's where it was. I don't think this is the same place, but geez, it's so scary. And yet the clock ticked 2 a.m. I told Christian and he gasped. I asked him what it was and he said, it's just my mom always said that 2 a.m. was the devil's hour. Instantly that evil felt stronger and chills ran up my spine. We got to Ronert Park as fast as we could, but we were so shaken up that we didn't want to go home yet. We decided to park in the Oliver's parking lot because it was a well-lit parking lot even at 2 a.m., and because he worked there and he knew that there were still people inside working. The thing still felt like it was in the car with us. Like it was fading but could get stronger if we gave it the chance. We felt like if we went home that it would go home with us. Christian got out of the car and after, we, after we'd been sitting there for a while, he said that he just had to check the car. I was still so shaken up that I couldn't move. So I stayed in the car and I watched him wipe near the driver's side headlight on the hood of the car, then in the middle and then in front of me. I cracked my door open and asked him what it was. He looked confused and frightened. He looked at the driver's side wheel even more confused. I asked him again and he told me that I, I had to see it and that I needed to get out of the car. Hesitantly, I did. By the front driver's side wheel was a handprint in mud. Oh, it looked like what? <laughs> it looked like someone had reached up from underneath the car and grabbed onto it. There were other spots of mud on the car, too, and the car was white. It was pretty obvious where it all was. But the thing is, the car didn't touch anything, at least not in the front. Maybe the back, but probably not. We both leaped away from the car, several parking spots away, and started to pray. The moment we were away from the car, we didn't feel that evil anymore. He said one of his Catholic prayers, and I sort of just winged it. But there was this thing my mom always told me to do if, something, if I felt something evil. It's to say, in the name of Jesus Christ, I banish you. 
so I did. When we got back into the car, I didn't feel anything at all. It literally felt like it was pushed away from us as we prayed. I know that sounds like super churchy, but neither of us are super churchy people. Neither of us pray often, but we both felt like this in this moment, it was an exception. When we were in the car, Christian said a few more prayers, but he said he could still feel it. After that, we went home. It was like 3.30 when I finally got home. Christian texted me about texted me the moment he got into his house so I knew he was safe. Lucky for us, both of our parents were still awake and helped us out. He told me that it didn't totally leave him until the next day. I did a crap ton of research on the area. The road we ended up on was insanely far away from the one we started on, so out of the way in the fact that we have no idea how we even got over there. I also did some digging to see what the handprint was all about, and I found an urban legend about kids that died by being crushed by their school bus on the hill, but there was no fact behind that. But I did find out that several bodies have been found out there, one suspected of being a victim of the Zodiac Killer, and another suspected of being the victim of a killer called the Sonoma County Hitchhiker Killer. Pacific Northwest, man. Killer, killer. Murder Central. I've got lots more ghost ones if you're all interested, although none as scary as that first one. Thanks for the totally rad podcast. You guys are like MFM, but with ghosts, and I'm here for it, which is the <laughs> nicest thing in the world that anyone can say. Literally uh, the biggest compliment. I Not know. True, but the biggest. But so nice. <laughs> Love you guys. See you on the other side. Alex. It, oh my God. It reminds me so much of that other story too, which is just so freaky that it happens to multiple people where they in multiple locations yes and like there's a creepy being that's associated with it and you just lose time and direction your maps don't work yeah thank god that something else was telling her to get out and i know (gasps) i have chills (laughs) do you have a listener story yes this is from holly and it's called stay out of the forest Ooh, very topical. Hi, ladies. First off, I love the podcast. Although I know you guys are all about those spirits, I have a weird story for you, which I thought you'd appreciate since even though it didn't involve a ghost, it certainly scared the pants off of me as a teenager. I suppose first I should explain that I am not crazy. (laughs) I don't know whether I really believe in anything supernatural. Sorry. (laughs) But when I was about 13 years old, I saw something that I can't explain. Oh my gosh. What is it? At the time, my family, mom, dad, younger brother, and I lived on a barge on the canal in Wiltshire, England. Wiltshire? Wiltshire? I'm not sure. One day, since it was really nice summer weather, my brother and I decided to try to find the route from the canal into the nearby village. We set off along the towpath, got to the canal bridge, and turned off the canal onto the track which ran in the direction of the village. Now, it was really warm. I think it was probably August time, and I remember everything being really still, and the track we walked on was super dusty from the dry mud. The path led down into a small pretty caps of trees but as soon as we stepped under the canopy everything went extremely cold and i felt an overwhelming sense of fear i distinctly remember feeling like we were being watched and i remember telling my brother to shut up and stay still because i'm a pleasant older sibling (laughs) lol i grabbed my phone into my hand and i remember because i felt so scared that i thought i might need to call my dad 
I stood there with my brother slightly behind me as I scanned the dense bushes to the left of me, and as my eyes passed over the undergrowth, I saw a face staring out at me from the dark (gasps) hedgerow. It had large, black eyes, very pale white skin, and bright red hair. It was standing level to my height, No, so I guess it must have been somewhere above five feet tall. I screamed at my brother to run and and didn't let him stop until we were back at the bridge at the canal. Now, I am aware that this all sounds totally crazy, but to me, this isn't even the weirdest part of the story. The weirdest part is that about four years after that day, I had absolutely no recollection of it ever happening. Not until one night when I was walking home to the boat with my brother and my mom and we passed under some overhanging trees. I guess the trees must have looked similar and must have jogged something because the whole memory came flooding back to me. And I kind of thought maybe it had been a dream or something. So I asked my brother if he remembered it. He said he remembered me telling him to shut up and we stood there very silently for a few seconds and then I yelled at him to run, but he didn't see what I saw. I've chills. All he knew is that I saw something which really terrified me. I can't explain this memory loss. Perhaps I was so scared that I repressed it. I prefer to think that it was a result of my fear rather than that the creature actually had power over my mind. Like your story where it wipes your memory. Yes. Anyway, I hope you found this interesting. Here's a Google Maps link to the place where it happened. It was just inside the north entrance of the wood on Church Farm Lane. I don't live there anymore, so no worries about privacy. <laughs> Wiltshire is a funny place full of UFO sightings, crop circles, and druids. So maybe there's something ancient lurking in them there woods. All my love from England, oh, Holly. Oh my gosh. Wow-wee-wah. I mean, I'd be curious if there are any reports of like missing children or deaths or weird lurking people in those woods. Right. Because it could have been a killer, but then it also could have been something else. It reminds me of the rake, which is similar to to Slenderman, which I don't know if it's... Because if it were just a person, you'd be like, oh my god, there was a person there and I didn't even notice. But it doesn't sound like it was that at all. Right. I mean, it could have been a creepy person just living in the woods who doesn't... I don't know. It's creepy all around. It's so creepy. (laughs) Too creepy. If you have creepy stories, please email us at two girls one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Yes. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes because That's very important actually. I just looked at our ranking and we're not where we were, you guys. And then also follow us on social media. We have Twitter, Instagram, and a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Our Facebook group is awesome. I seriously feel like I'm best friends with everyone in there. I know. I was told that I need to specify specify between what a Facebook group and a Facebook page is oh. for some of our listeners. A Facebook page is basically like just going to a business page and liking the company. But our Facebook group is a private group where you can chat and discuss and post videos and memes yeah. and photos and pictures of your animals or and ask whatnot. for suggestions on hauntings and get advice. Yes. Or read other people's hauntings. Right. So join us on all of our social media. We post different things on each one of them. Yeah. We will see you. See you on, on the, the other, other side. side.